Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and I'm here with. That's where you say your name. Me. Insert name here. Um. It's, do hi. You know, do you know your name? I'm my Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is my Michael, and he is also his own Michael. <laughs> Okay, so we just watched episode 10 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Nightmares. Um, I did also watch it the other day, uh, some of my research that I did um, in my book, Why Buffy Matters, they um, drew a parallel between the master, at the very beginning, Buffy's having a nightmare about the fact that she went into the master's lair and she wasn't yet ready to fight him and he was about to defeat her and he Joyce was shaking her awake as she was saying no 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 as the master was like coming at her about to bite her and this the why Buffy matters book made a parallel between the symbolism of the master waking her up versus and Joyce waking her up like some awakening symbolism of some kind. I don't know if I necessarily... I mean, because Buffy needs to wake up and get ready for the master. She does. So. She's not ready. She just rolled over. So, um, I guess we should probably say what this episode is. Nightmares. It's um, basically all everybody's nightmares come true in this episode because... Hellmouth. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. It's very Wes Craven. Pretty much. Very Wes Craven, yes. And it's a Wes Craven homage Buffy episode. Yes. <laughs> is it Wes Craven or Wes Cravens? I think it's just Craven. I think so too. Wes Craven. I think so too. Okay. Um my very first note. Buffy's sleeping in a bra again. Man, what is the deal with that? No one does that. No one sleeps in the underwire. Buffy! Wake up! That's the nightmare right there. She wakes up in a bra. Okay, the very first <laughs> first nightmare that we see is random red shirt Wendell introduced at the beginning of class and he suddenly is covered in tarantulas and he's screaming like Which is not as scary as everyone made it out to be. Like if, I mean if just suddenly you were covered in tarantulas yeah, that would be terrifying because where the fuck do those tarantulas come from? Yeah. But I mean, just being covered, like tarantulas, I don't think tarantulas are as scary as they look or as people make them out to be. I don't know if Wendell was just not the greatest actor or if he was just, you know, like, he was just very still. Yeah. Probably it's... because he didn't want to shake the tarantulas off of him. He's obviously a person that is not scared of tarantulas if yeah. he got hired for this part. Because they were crawling all over him and he was like he pretending like, to be scared. He wasn't like... He wasn't trying to shake them off. Them off. Just, they were just crawling on his face and he was like, help! Help! I'm gonna have to... Help! I'm gonna have to IMDB this episode because I swear I've seen that guy's face in something Yeah, else. he does look know. familiar. Yeah. Um... So I think the point of this episode is how much we let fear motivate us. I think that's the, the, strongest, the metaphor. Strongest human emotion or whatever. And in the very beginning, yeah, he said something like that. And he said that we are defined by what we fear. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, pretty true. A lot of people make decisions in their lives based on what they're afraid of. 
like don't make changes in their life that need to be made because they're afraid of the unknown. not what your life counts it's what you're scared of <laughs> it's what you like and what you're scared of which is true I mean people really do spend a lot of time letting fear motivate them yeah so I think that's yes. the lesson in this episode yeah. um, let's see so I guess we should go through everybody's nightmares because basically it's just this whole episode is just little little things and big things wow. are just real you actually recorded everyone's nightmares yeah. your notes are way better than mine well that's why I'm the host of this podcast <laughs> of course you watched it like what three times I before watched this time this. So, and this is my first oh time. in my life no, no just like in the past week no this is only <laughs> the second time this week okay um so Buffy's nightmares are she's her dad's supposed to pick her up at the end of the school day this I think this all happens in the course of one school day I think because at yeah. the beginning Joyce is like have a good day and at the end her dad picks her up like how was your day yeah so those were the bookends of the episode um, so her dad's supposed to pick her up from school because they're spending the weekend together and this is the first time we see Hank Summers the first of I think I'm going to count because I think we really only yeah. see him three or four times at the most. Yeah. We see him in an episode after a summer vacation, maybe at the beginning of season two, I think. And then season six. I don't in, in normal again, that? yeah. Another reminder, in case you forgot, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. <laughs> There's no spoilers there. Um, I'm just sitting because I know I'm going to talk <laughs> about something later. Yeah. So one of her big fears is that her dad isn't going to pick her up. And that's a theme. Like Willow's asking her, like, how much do you see your dad? Because they're divorced. And she has some insecurities about it, obviously. And um, Joyce keeps asking her, what's wrong? Are you afraid your dad's not going to pick you up? And shit like that. So um, one of her first nightmares is her dad comes to see her. She introduces him to Giles because they're in the library. And then he takes her outside and sits on a bench because he, he needs to talk to her. And he tells her that she's the reason for their divorce. That, do you know what it was like to have to see you every day? I really thought you'd turn out differently. <laughs> I really thought you'd turn out differently. You're just not nearly as bright as I thought you'd be. And he pats her the on the motherfucking knee and <laughs> walks off. That was the worst one. That was awful. That was awful. I'm pretty sure, even though my dad didn't say those exact words to me, that um, those, this, this, that feeling was it was conveyed. between the lines, yes. Yeah. Um, do you think at this point in the series with Joyce, like, do you think they were intentionally making her kind of like, distant. not a bad mom, but yeah, kind of distant, yeah, kind of blasé in her approach? Or, you know, just kind of like, oh, Buffy's going to do what she's going to do. She's a crazy girl. I just feel like more moms would be, like, if your child had burned down an auditorium at their previous school and were kicked out, then you would be a little more yeah. on lockdown. They, they portray her as very oblivious and neglectful, yeah. which I think they needed to do so that she could get away with all get this shit. Get away with sneaking out at night. And yeah. Yeah. They didn't, and the show is about 
her. Like, I understand. Like, I want to know what Joyce's story is at this point. Like, because she's just like she's kind of an absent mom. <laughs> like, I feel like Joyce is on drugs, and we just never see it. <laughs> she's got her her art gallery. Or she, yeah, she's, she's busy. She's very busy. They want her us to think that she's just so busy that she doesn't. She can't. She paint doesn't it. have time to be a mom. Then why didn't she, Buffy stay with her dad? Well, he's even worse. Like, okay. you're going to see him three times, so obviously he doesn't give too much of a shit about her. Yeah, obviously. Those, the, the, the sentiment of what he was saying in her nightmare was possibly a little Yeah, true. a lot of Buffy's nightmares come true, which is my next point. Yeah. Hank is not around very much at all, and yeah. he essentially, like, doesn't even... I think when she dies in the end of season five, I think they keep Spoiler it from alert. Hank. I, j- I just said there's spoilers. <laughs> I think they keep it from Hank. I think there's some sort of commentary on it at some like point. Like Hank doesn't know that Buffy dies? No, and he doesn't call after Joyce dies. Like, there's, like, some comment somewhere, I'm still waiting for Dad to call back, and, you know, wow. like, she... There's constant mentions throughout the series of how Hank is just, meh, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And so that part comes true. Um, Buffy also has a nightmare that she becomes a vampire. That never comes true. But she is falls in love with two vampires. So she's a little and too... I, th- I think the general idea of her nightmare is that she is she's afraid of her own darkness. Yes. Which, of course, she yeah. has lots of darkness. Yeah. And she's also afraid of being buried alive. Guess well, what? She gets to crawl out of her grave at the beginning of season six. Well, who is not afraid of being buried alive? Well, yeah, if you really think about it. But I've never actually had a nightmare about being buried alive. Have you? No. I don't think so. She's afraid of the master being free. And, of course, that's going to happen in another couple of episodes. Xander is afraid of Nazis, apparently. Apparently. I mean, like... <laughs> Who isn't afraid of Nazis? But like, they ju- it just seems very. There's, there's some kind of thing. Gratuitous. They just there's, threw it in there's there. Like like, little, like, there's like a little, there's a little nugget of Nazis that they just throw into almost yeah. every episode of Nazis. Well, well, the Xander is just like, uh, just such basic shit. Like, oh, he's afraid clowns of Nazis. He's afraid of clowns and public nudity. And public nudity. That's such basic shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of these are basic. Buffy's are really the only nightmares that are like super natural yeah. because she's supernatural. Willows is, you know, P- performance anxiety. Yeah, performance anxiety. Giles is afraid that he can't read and oh, he gets lost he in the stacks. Read. It's heartbreaking. Can you imagine being a librarian and a watcher and a researcher and someone who spent their entire life with your nose in a book? And just all of a sudden, you you look at words, and they just don't make sense. It's just gibberish. And I have that nightmare. <laughs> I have that nightmare frequently. Like your and entire existence is based on your ability to comprehend written words, and you just lose it. Yep. It's pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> it's terrifying. One of the people that I work with has been having, like, diabetes-related eye problems, <sighs> and she can't really read anymore. She can't really watch TV. She can't really read. That's horrible. <laughs> and, yeah. How is she going to know who wins on Bachelorette? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Just you can't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches Bachelorette? I, Who I, does? I did once. I know. It was a dark time. <laughs> it was a dark, dark time. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they throw in all kinds. Buffy also has a nightmare that, like, she, there's a history test that she didn't know about, and she hasn't ever shown up for class and she doesn't know anything and then her pencil breaks whenever she is about to write her name which is the only thing she fucking knows on the test so that's, that's i've definitely basic. had that's, that that's dream. kind of basic too well yeah. yeah but i like that they threw in all the little nuggets of like the basic dreams yeah they, they got a lot of them the, in the fears that any high school student would have yeah I still have those fucking dreams. I have dreams that I'm lost. because you're still mentally a high school student. <laughs> I have dreams that I'm lost a lot in the church that I went to growing up. That's a that's a very recurring dream for me. Yeah. Um, okay, and then there's this ugly man. Okay, we forgot. We haven't talked about Discount uh, baby. baby. Baby, yeah, Discount Baby JGL. <laughs> <laughs> So just Gordon Levitt in the house. Unfortunately, the casting of the little kid Billy, who is the reason why everyone's in a waking nightmare, because he recently got beat into a coma by his kitty league coach. So he's the reason, because of all his pain and shit, he's brought the nightmare world of his coma into Sunnydale, and he. The casting is bad because he looks a lot like the anointed one, but we figured out... A lot, a lot out, like Discount Baby John Cusack? We figured out a way to tell them apart, which is Discount Baby John Cusack... Is the anointed one. Is the anointed one. And Discount Baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the... Is Billy. Is Billy, the coma kid. The coma kid. They really just... Why didn't they just, like, cast a black kid or cast could've a been, little girl yeah. or just... Yeah, it could have been... They could have thrown in a sprinkle of diversity into the show but they look that been so nice. similar it confused uh, yeah. me so jdl's in the house uh-huh um okay so there's this ugly man which is the one that is after everyone the ugly man just like okay the, with that name but he really lives basic. up to the name he's pretty he's ugly. got a gigantic with the club, club arm and like that's why he's so formidable that's why buffy can't beat him initially it's is a because, nightmare because he's got those club arms really he has to be arm. too strong because he's a fear yeah true which is also part of the like no one's facing the fears until xander turns around and decides to punch out that clown that's chasing him around. Which, you know, that's the only cool thing Xander does in the entire episode, possibly the entire season. That's <laughs> not true. Oh, Cordelia's nightmare is that uh, she's wearing Presbyterian clothes, she has frizzy <laughs> hair, like a nerd. and she's being dragged by Ninja. nerds to chess club. And she's Ninja. like, I'm not even in chess club! <laughs> How did this happen? I was just at the salon. But her hair looks pretty good. You know, it's all like over frizzed. Yeah, it's crimpy. totally 80s. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, this is the late 90s, so the 80s are not cool again yet. That's true. Okay. That's true. They have not cycled back around no. yet. Um, so the ugly man is the only thing that is in everyone's nightmare. He's... Yeah. He's not specific to anyone's particular nightmare. He's just in this world. And Billy is very scared of him and running from him all the time. And he beats up this girl that goes to the boiler room to smoke. And 
Charles and Buffy go and interview her. And yeah, why did uh, the ugly man beat up the girl? Who's I don't smoking? know. Because that just seems like a handy plot device to get you know to draw them closer to you know yeah figuring out what's going on you know because like if that girl hadn't been beaten up like and is the ugly man the dream version of the 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 kitty league coach yes so did the kitty league coach actually beat up the girl who was smoking i'm very confused no well that was part of the nightmare but i mean yeah i guess she is actually in the hospital that's a good point yeah because he got put in the hospital by his kitty league coach, and then she got put in the hospital by the ugly but man. Why? But the ugly man wasn't real. So does that mean that when but the ugly, ugly they didn't show real. Laura again? So I wonder if after the situation was resolved, if she woke up and she wasn't injured anymore, since he was a dream that beat her up. You know, that part is confusing. That part is, I didn't think about it being confusing, but it is. They just put that in there. To drive the plot forward. Yep. That's that's the thing with Buffy, though. I mean, it's really good with character development, but there are plot holes all over the place if you look yeah. for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Just a, a couple of random notes. Um, Angel has not been around since the episode Angel, which I will remind you, I think was number six. Seven. Okay, so it hasn't. It feels like it's been a really long time because it's literally been a month since we have seen Angel, <laughs> but it was really only four episodes ago. Surely we'll see him next episode because there's only two left of the entire season, so it's a little weird that like. And she hasn't mentioned him at all. It's like she's totally yeah. over him. Yeah. So if we were watching this for the first time, we would think, okay, well there was that guy that she liked for a second, and then we found out he was a vampire, and now he's gone. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people missed him when they were first watching it at this point. Maybe that was all he was no, I, supposed he, to do. No, he was he was a big deal from the beginning. Oh, okay. They already knew he was going to be a big deal. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, they just knew David Boreanaz was going to be a big deal? No, I think he was, <laughs> no. He was such a big part of the plot from the beginning that they had to... He's so sexy. He's not in the credits, though, is he? Is he in the credits? I don't know. I don't pay attention didn't pay attention like the permanent credits yeah not just the guest star yeah i don't know uh, buffy is wearing buffy blue so buffy blue leather jacket yeah buffy blue leather jacket or vinyl it's probably vinyl <laughs> and she's actually worn this jacket before so sometimes she reuses clothing like a like a real person i know i <laughs> love it when that happens um, which I think was, they had to put her in Buffy Blue whenever she was in Vamp Face. Because she was in Vamp Face for like the last yeah. couple scenes of the You had to know episode. that she still maintained some innocence and, you know. Yeah. It was such a good shot whenever she was first realizing that she was a vampire and she was reaching up, up to touch her ridgy face with the beautiful blue nail polish. <laughs> the perfectly manicured That's her nails. iconic Buffy blue nail polish, okay? I got it tattooed on my leg. Alright, it's not exactly the right color. Is that, a, right is that color. an actual color that actually exists? Well, sure. Buffy blue? 
And they don't call it Buffy Blue, but That's they should. That's a mistake. We need to create our own nail polish line and yeah. get that started right now. Yeah. I'll pick a color for every character. Willow Red. <laughs> now, Willow would be like a... It depends. Willow would have different phases. Did you not... Oh, yeah. True. true. Maybe it would be a true. color changing. Yeah. Ooh. Like it would, it would be like a cute nerdy color, but then... In the dark, I don't know. <laughs> it would glow like Slytherin green. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, what else we got? Did you write down a quote? Um, I just kind of, uh, I like what the master said. A dream is a wish your heart makes, which is a quote from something else. He's quoting, Yeah. what is it? I don't know. Like, I should have looked this up. He has some good um, little quotes, though, like, Whenever he is part of the nightmare at one point, he's the one that buries Buffy alive and he's in the cemetery and she's a, she's not a vampire yet because she's a vampire after she crawls out of the grave, after he buries her alive. And um, he is just saying all kinds of things like, I'm here. She's like, you can't be here. You can't be free. And he says, I'm free because you fear it. Yeah. So he has lots of good quotes. My favorite quote, though, just going to say while you're looking that up. I think it's Cinderella. Yeah, Dreams it's Cinderella. You wish your heart makes. I feel like a lot of people are, like, yelling at us right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> save your emails. We figured it out. So, um, okay, so my favorite quote is after she's come out of the grave and she's a vampire, they go to the hospital because Giles' big idea is to just wake Billy up. And if we can wake Billy up... The nightmares will stop. Um, so they go to the hospital, and the ugly man follows them there. And Buffy just suddenly realizes, "Hey, I'm a motherfucking vampire now." Vampire slayer. Vampire slayer. Slayer, slayer vampire. Because you can't say vampire slayer. <laughs> he's a slayer of vampires and, and a, vampire a vampire that is also a slayer. <laughs> so she's got like all kinds of strength. She's the she is the original, the OG Uber vamp. She is. And she is in, she's like in shadows in the hallway and she faces the ugly man and she says, there are a lot scarier things than you. She walks into the light and she said, With her wrinkly and, face. and I'm one of them. Her lumpy, wrinkly. She looked hot as a vampire. No. I think she did. In that shot, she did. Yes. That was a good shot. Yes. She had She had some nice 90s brown lipstick on with her vamp face. Yeah. There's a lot scarier things than you. I'm one of them. And then she kicks his ass. And then she makes um, Billy, the astral projection of Billy, um, confront. And he just pulls the mask off, you know, Scooby-Doo style. Scooby-Doo style. But you don't see who it is. But is, everyone wakes up. Is, it, is, is the next episode when they start calling him the Scooby Gang? I don't know. They <laughs> haven't done it yet. <laughs> because they've, they've called just, themselves the Slayerettes. They just pulled the mask off of an old white dude. <laughs> they did that. This is probably when other people, maybe online, started referring to them as the Scooby Gang. I wonder if that started as a fan thing and then they started putting Possibly. it into the show. Possibly. Because apparently Joss used to be really active on a bunch of like Buffy forums and stuff. That's pretty cool. One of the first online fandoms. I also like uh, what uh, Xander said in the beginning of the, I don't even remember why, like, he was giving Willow shit about something. He said, it's funny if you're me. <laughs> yeah, Xander was at peak um, 
cute, obnoxious level in this episode. Yeah. And he's wearing some Xander Platt pants. And, okay, I do have a problem with the way Xander eats candy bars. Okay? I liked it. It was it's very just like comical. He's letting the chocolate sit in his jowls. And it's just like, well, oh because, man, that's so bad for your teeth. Well, because Why are you doing that? He was doing that because as soon as they was, pulled away, he was going to spit it out. Yeah. Because they well, probably I mean, had was, to do that shot a million times. Yeah. But, but it, and, and it's supposed to like, it give looked you the very of him gorging himself yes. on candy bars. Yes. Like, that's how it Like a little kid, because yeah. it was a little kid nightmare. Yeah. He's following a trail of candy bars. He did it perfect. But you don't open a candy bar. Take one bite and then, ooh, see another candy bar. Open that one. In a dream, a you do. I guess you might. Don't you? I don't know. I've never eaten candy bars. You've in never a dream. had the follow the candy bar trail dream? No. I don't have basic dreams, okay? Oh. Okay. My nightmares are not basic. I don't remember your <laughs> I got some dreams. next level shit going on in my head. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't cross out all the things that I've talked about. Um, okay. So, we just talked about quotes. Favorite outfit of the episode. Gotta give a shout out to Cordelia's outfit whenever she's... When she was brought, being drawn into the chess club? No. When she's taunting <laughs> Buffy about how there's a history test today. You've never even shown up for history. Yeah. She's wearing my favorite pattern in the world. Yeah. Black background with roses. It was navy. It could have been maybe. I think that was maybe. It could have been. Okay, same scene. The dude sitting right in front of Cordelia. That shirt was, it was this, like, not tie-dye, but, you know, dyed. Like, it was in strips, you know. It was, it was a button-up shirt with, like, red and it was kind of yellow and black. And it was, it was nice. I liked it. Back to Cordelia's outfit, because I'm not done. Whatever. Okay? <laughs> not only was it a black background shirt with roses on it, but there were two tones of pink in the roses. One tone was the exact color of her pink pants, and one tone was the exact color of her pink scarf that she had around her neck, and she had like a fuzzy scrunchie in her hair. That whole outfit was on point. Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? You paid a lot of attention to that shirt. I did. <laughs> that was, uh, that's my object mm. of the episode is the shirt. Because it, it looked cute. It looked like a little, like, maybe it was, like, maybe a thermal type yeah. shirt. Yeah. I couldn't tell if the sleeves were rolled up or if they were just half sleeves. Because they were right at her elbows. But yeah. Yeah. It was a good outfit. I think they set up that outfit to be total perfection so that you would see the contrast when she was later wearing the Presbyterian lady outfit. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, it was either that guy's shirt in that scene, or you remember when they were in the hospital talking to Victoria. Victoria, was that her name? Laura. Laura. Who got beat up. Why did I think Victoria? I don't know. Laura, who got beat up for smoking, because smoking is bad, kids. Um... <laughs> She, they were talking to her. She was lying in the bed in the hospital gown. That hospital gown. The hospital gown? Yeah. Is, it was really good, right? I don't... I remember <laughs> that Billy's had, like, a snowflake pattern, but was hers not the same? It was the same. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Yes. <laughs> no, um, I don't understand sarcasm. Um, I don't really have a coveted object. Maybe the ugly man's club hand. Is your favorite object... You, yeah. just, you just like to pick the weirdest possible thing <laughs> that no one else would ever think of. Well, I mean, there wasn't really anything in this episode. 
The the clown was pretty. Did you see Buffy's rings at the very beginning of the episode? She's wearing two matching rings. I, they were either flower shaped or heart shaped, and they had little LED flashing lights in them. I did not notice that. Sadly, we're Sadly. not paying enough attention to Buffy's hands. Okay. It takes me a few minutes at the beginning of the episode to like totally Get your focus, bearings. totally focus all my attention. Okay. I think I need some Ritalin. It's all right. Hone in. You gotta hone in. <laughs> Gonna need to get that Redland script filled. Maybe you need to to watch like a previously on Buffy little thing so that while you're honing, yeah, you're getting all that information. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Did I make those? Uh, probably aired on TV. They're probably on the Hulu. Yeah. Things. I don't know. Um, I started a segment last week, although I don't know what I'm gonna choose for it this week. But most valuable player. Of the episode who Xander Xander because he was the first one to to, to face his fear yeah he knocked the crap out of that clown and he was Pete Xander I mean if he was like he was in this episode all the time he he would be a crush still for me yeah he didn't do anything offensive in this episode and he wore plaid pants and he faced his fear that shirt was pretty terrible you did get to see him in his underwear that shirt with the, the brown plaid it was pretty terrible you don't even remember it because you blocked it. No, I do remember it, but I don't know what was actually on the shirt. I was trying to think of how to describe it. It was like, it was it's like polyester. Blue and white and brown. It might have been like a velour. I think it was adjacent. like polyester rayon or something It looked kind of fuzzy. Like it was bad. It was just a bad shirt. It was bad in a beautiful late 90s way, though, so I totally accept it. Yeah, it's acceptable. He only had one button buttoned, though. Yeah, the, that the, was an the, odd the choice. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the second or third button, and all the rest of them were L. <laughs> when he was, did you notice, when he was in his underwear in front of the class... That he doesn't look like a high school student? <laughs> that yeah, it looks like that. he had just taken out a belly button piercing. He looked like he had a little hole. I did not pay enough attention to his belly button. Man, I am just dropping the ball. <laughs> See, my problem is I don't notice, like, major plot things. I just focus on tiny details like... Like Xander's belly button? Like, Nicholas Brendan must have his belly button pierced. Look at that flashy ring. <laughs> like, that's why I have to have subtitles on. Because yeah. I get so distracted by tiny little things yeah. that I need something to make me focus on the big picture. On the story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so what have we not talked about? So, yeah, I think I would agree with you on Xander being most valuable player. I want to say that uh, the first time I rated this episode in my 5x5 five five ratings, I was in the middle of some dramatic family bullshit, and so I gave it a much lower score than I gave it today, so I'm glad we watched it again. Really? I gave it a 3 and a 3. Hmm. I was, like, not into it. Well, maybe you couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't focus. Couldn't even. Because watching it was interrupted by a crazy family drama situation that we're still in the midst of. <sighs> but has nothing to do with this family in this house, at least. Yeah. We're no, good. We're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luna? Luna, are you good? Luna's good. Okay. Z's a little gorky, I think. He's never had an ibuprofen before. He's like, what? One of his paws is a little swollen. He's kind of limpy on? today. He's being weird. I think he's faking it. He's not faking it. His paw's <laughs> swollen. His paw pad is swollen. Yeah. 
He's faking. He's faking that. But he's he's real chill now. Yeah. One one baby ibuprofen. He's good. Um. Anyway, so my new five by five rating. Unless you have other thoughts you want to say before we. Mm, the clown's laugh was on point. Like it was just. <laughs> the whole time he's chasing him with a, um, with a knife. It was creepy. <laughs> the when I watched Buffering the Vampire Slayer, the best Buffy podcast of all time. Not mine. Um, they were talking about how that laugh. They they'd done some research because their theory is that it's Nicholas Brendan doing that laugh, but they couldn't find any anything to say no credit was given to the person that did the laugh. Yeah. And I think it's quite possible that could have been Nicholas Brendan's voice. I do too. <laughs> I think he does a lot of the voice work, like the intro for this first season. No. I swear to God that's him. But I think that would be... Who else could it be? I think that would be very cool, understated, and meta of them to have Xander doing the laugh of the clown because in your nightmares, in your dreams, supposedly everyone you encounter is just an aspect of yourself yeah yeah so the clown is just an i aspect. think that was cool yeah that is cool oh i did want to talk about just briefly how this episode of buffy deals with trauma so i find it kind of i feel like they're doing a good job in part of it but not a good job in others like okay so the whole episode is about eight kid getting beat by his kitty league coach could they not say little i don't know couldn't say little league apparently maybe kitty league is a different thing i don't know did you ever play baseball as a child no no <laughs> but um so you know it's it's about a real heavy thing and i like that when they talk to laura who had been very heavily beaten by the ugly man when Giles and Buffy were talking to her while she was in the hospital bed, she got really upset at one point because she couldn't describe what he looked like because it was too upsetting. And I like that they both just backed off. They were like, it's okay. If you ever want to talk, even if it seems really weird, let us know. And they back off and they let her rest. They didn't push her. Yeah. Which I thought was, I mean, at that crucial mm -hmm. moment, right after something super traumatic has happened to you, sometimes you got to be a little, be a little careful. Yeah. Step lightly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they did a good job in that aspect. But the last 45 seconds of this episode were awful. It was like a totally different episode. Because all of a sudden, okay, so everyone's awake. And then they just do that little epilogue at the end where everyone's walking outside the school. They're playing that hokey music in the background. It is terrible. I don't think they ever do music that terrible ever again. <laughs> It was like You're, 90210, very special episode at the end, kind of guitar twang. Are you, like, detracting points because of the outro of the episode? <laughs> I have to take it into account. It's not just the music, though. It's the fact that they're just like, well, I'm glad he's going to be behind bars for a really long time. Ha ha ha. Well, that's pretty much the way every Scooby-Doo episode yeah, was, I guess so. ended. Which... I mean, I don't know. That's that's not how these things work. I mean, in real life, you probably wouldn't be able to get that guy arrested. He would get out of it. and Well, if the kid's going to testify. And in real life, the kid wouldn't testify. The kid would be too scared. I, after you went through that, though, this is not real life. And the kid, just like as soon as he woke up, 
was just ready to confront the his coach that put him in a fucking coma. They just went through all that together. I know. I, I, yeah. This is that fantasy. This helps. is fantasy. Okay. So the way that they deal with trauma is a little doesn't really agree with itself in this episode. They kind of do a good job, but they sort of don't. But well, I think they're trying to set an example, showing that you can you can stand up to your bullies because he did it in the dream, and then he was ready to do it in real life. Yep, yep. So maybe this would give strength to someone going through trauma. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Let me know at mixtressradio at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, five by five ratings. What are yours? Uh, Unless you have other thoughts. Quality, give it a four. Because I think it did pretty good. Enjoyability. Enjoyability. Um, yeah. It was a, you know, it was an exciting episode. Kept moving, kept presenting. I like when they do the, I like when Joss does dream stuff. Yes. It's some of my favorite. Um, and clarity, I gave it a five because I thought, you know, they did really good handling the subject matter of, you know, facing your fears and, you know, even though Nancy was a little, a little tougher about it, you know, she was, she was, she was, she handled it a little better. Nancy? In Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had a whole movie to get that right. That's This true. is just one episode. That's true. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I gave it also a four for enjoyability and a four for execution of message. Uh, so it gets a 16 as total points and gets a 20 from you. Yeah. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> I didn't uh, have any anything else. No more closing thoughts? I gotta, you know, just one more time, just gotta give props to baby JGL. Um <laughs> Even though, you know, they should have chosen someone else. I really like the fact that they... He wasn't a bad him. actor. It's it's not his fault. No. He looks like the anointed one. No. But he doesn't really. He doesn't. He's just a, a child of a the same age. A small child with, with dark, 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 straight like hair. bowl cut hair. Relatively the same haircut. You know, just nondescript white kid. What were they thinking, though? What were they thinking? <laughs> All right. <laughs>